Welcome, everybody, to the Nova Nation podcast, season four, episode two, I believe. And we are live on the Let's Talk Sports Network on YouTube channels. And we are all over the place. We're going to be on iHeartRadio. And as always, I have my good friend, my partner in crime when it comes to Nova basketball, Mr. Chris Merle. Chris, how are you doing? Good, good, Rob. Good to be here. Great, great, great week. Obviously, it's a holiday week. Uh, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Uh, enjoy your turkey day. We'll actually be talking a little bit down uh, in this episode. The The Wildcats do have a game on Thanksgiving. We just mentioned it a little bit. Um, they will be playing Iowa State on Thanksgiving, so you can enjoy some turkey and watch some Villanova basketball. So, Two best things in life right there, going together. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we were just talking. We're like, hey, you know, it, it's it, it's it's a, it's a long plane ride to Oregon to play on Thanksgiving. So um, I'm sure the I'm sure the, the the players are looking forward to that, right? Yeah, I hope they take care of them nice out there. Uh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. But. Uh, I am very excited to start the episode off talking about the women's basketball team. Uh, they start the season out 4-0, and uh, beat a, a very good ranked Princeton team, and um, obviously they are being led by their all-country, all-nation, uh, could-be player of the year, uh, Maddie Segris is leading them uh, through the first four games. She's averaging close to 30 points a game. Um, I looked at my stats here. I got to put my glasses on because I'm telling you, these stats are pretty impressive here. Um, she's averaging 30 points, um, four steals, and 53 rebounds so far through four games. Um, the Nova girls basketball team has a 15.2 scoring margin, uh, plus scoring margin against their opponents. They're beating their opponents in rebounds. They're plus 8.5 and blocks per game, 5.3. So um, this team could be destined. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking they are definitely going to be um, uh, a better seed than they were last year when it comes to um, – you know, March Madness and everything in March, as long as everything kind of stays the same, everybody stays healthy. But I am very, very, very excited for this team. And I'm actually even more excited to announce that next week on this show, uh, we will have a former girls basketball player on this show, women's basketball player on this show. Uh, Mackenzie Gardler will be on this show uh, talking about the girls team giving us a little bit of insight as far as what's going on and, um, you know, behind the scenes as far as how things work. So we are very excited next week to have her on. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Big, big, big news there. So um, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about the men's. Obviously, uh, their record, two and two, not exactly what we thought was going to happen. Chris, I think on the first episode when we talked, we both had them winning those first three games. Um, obviously, we thought that Michigan State game was going to be kind of their game where, um, you know, um, you know, 
we kind of thought maybe that might be the, uh, the, the, the test, the true first test. Um, what, obviously the first win, LaSalle, what do you think happened in that Temple game uh, that didn't necessarily click? You know, it seemed like the offense was off based on a lack of ball movement. That seemed to be the game where there was more one-on-one individual play. And it got corrected, especially in the second half of Michigan State. But Temple started out with that style, and they never got back to how they normally have played under Jay Wright. And by and by the second half, they, they had dug themselves in a hole. They weren't shooting well. A couple guys got in foul trouble. So I give Temple credit. Um, I thought they played a really nice game. And they definitely wanted that game. You could tell they went nuts. The, the 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 place was juiced. They haven't beaten Nova in so long. So, you know, give credit to uh, Aaron McKee and and the Temple Owls. I thought they played a nice game. Uh, but yeah, that that game was just um, was not one of their better uh, efforts. Hey, Chris, we actually um, we ran into the following day uh, Demir Cosby Roundtree. And I had an opportunity to say, I had said, hey, hey, man, what happened in that Temple game? And first words out of his mouth were, they got punked. That's what he said. That's all he said. They got punked. And then I was like, okay. And he goes, listen, he goes, it's not what it used to be. He goes, there's only one player on this team from Philly. And he's like, these guys don't understand this Philly rivalry. Rivalry that happens when you have these Philly players on these teams going after one another. And it seemed like, like you said, Temple really, really went out to try to win that game. Yeah, this they was did. Like, this was almost like their March Madness. Uh, and, you know, it was the, the, the second game of the season. And they went out and they they stuck it to them early and Villanova was never able to get back. Yeah. They got they got down at halftime, and then in the second half, I just didn't see any chance they were going to get back in the way they were shooting so poorly. And um, you know, Temple played pretty good perimeter defense. They made their free throws. They made their they hit some threes, and uh, that was kind of the story of the game. You know. Now, you had mentioned, and I, I think we were actually texting during the game a little bit back and forth. Right. The ISO ball with with Caleb Daniels, I think that they went to that well way too much. I think by doing that, it took them out of their game, really, uh, when it came to moving the ball and getting better shots. That's, to me, what really was a little bit of a concern. And I, met, I was one of the first things I said to you, and I think I texted you, was I'm concerned for this offense. So – Collectively, let's let's just jump a little bit ahead and let's say collectively over the four games, what what are your thoughts overall of the offense? It, 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 it's it's hard to say because they shot so well against LaSalle. Mm-hmm. And then the other two games, they didn't shoot so well. The one game, they only had what seven attempts from three? Yes. Which is like way too low for them yeah and especially when you have some guys on the 
team that can can shoot it. Um, Michigan State was better, especially in the second half. Mm-hmm. I saw much better passing. I saw a willingness to take open shots and not always, you know, it seemed like in the first half of that game, they were making too many passes. Like they must have practiced all week after Temple. Like, look, we're going to move the ball. There was maybe too much, I think, in the first half. It seemed like they were taking every possession down to the end of the shot clock, uh, which is, I know, like a sort of a trademark of Villanova. They they tend to play slower, which is fine. But um, I think in the second half, they just played with a little more urgency on offense, and they were willing to 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 pull the trigger. I mean, even like guys like Dixon had a couple threes. Um, Longino, Slater, um, Halson, you know, um, just a little more aggressive, I thought, by by in that second half. Yeah, I mean, the obviously the Delaware State game was actually a little bit closer than what you thought it would be, especially in the first half. And then mm-hmm. towards the end, they obviously um, their talent kind of prevailed over over that team. Uh, the Michigan State game to me, I the, the biggest thing that I got out of that was the heart that they played with. Um, I think getting down and be able to come back and make that a game uh, speaks volume for this team. I mean, it's really, really hard to talk about the offense when probably your two best offensive players are not even on the court. They're both yeah. hurt. That That's so, huge. Right. And, and really, once you get one, and definitely when you get two of them back, the whole dynamic is going to change. Uh, because obviously, you know, you're not going to be playing bully ball the entire game with Caleb Daniels when you have Cam Whitmore and Justin Moore on the on the court. You know what right. I mean? And, so, and they also add an element of, of athleticism that they don't have other really than um, Slater. And Slater's not like your number one or number two option on offense right now. Mm-hmm. So you add those two guys in there. I think they could play with a little more tempo. Uh, a, a, a little more athleticism that, than they're playing with now. Like you said, they're playing like a different style almost because they're kind of forced to, mm-hmm. you know, um, the Temple game. I wish, I, you know, going back to that, I, I wish I could have seen more Eric Dixon in that game. You, you know, like on the offensive end, mm-hmm. I, just feed, like feed him, feed him. Right. Um, I think I was texting you that, you know, he, 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 they kind of got away from that. Right. I thought he had a nice matchup inside. Um, then he got in foul trouble, you know, um, Michigan state though, like you said, they did show, uh, they showed a lot of heart and, and I'm, I'm optimistic going into the halftime of that game. They could have easily folded. Yes. Uh, you know, you're on the road, big 10 team. It was a national, nationally televised game on ESPN. Uh, the crowd, that crowd was pretty hyped for a November basketball game. In dirt, you know, maybe because their football team's not doing that well there this year, mm-hmm. they were really like they were really into that game. Now that, that was a pretty, um, that was a pretty loud uh, environment that they were in. So Nova could have just packed it in, but um, the way they played in the second half, and I think Coach uh, Neptune made some nice adjustments, and um, even guys like you know everybody loves to uh, pick on them right now, but. Chris Arch actually played well in the second half of that game. You got to get, you got to give him credit. I know he did miss the open look, but um, he made a couple nice passes. He drew a charge. 
He scored a few points. I, I I thought he he was fine. You know, he's not he's not the reason that you lost that game. No, no. Yeah. No. So I mean, even even guys like that stepped up. So right. Moving you know, forward, moving forward, I think uh, the Michigan State second half is a good sign for the for the team. And you know, and and just speaking of Cart, yeah, Cart, uh, Chris Arch a little bit. Uh, obviously, he's he's being played for his leadership and you know what he can bring to the table other than scoring. He's not going to score a lot of points. Um, you know, in those first couple games, did he pass up on some shots that he probably should have that maybe hurt the team? Probably. Uh, but you know, he is what he is. Do I think that Armstrong, Housing, and and Brizzy should be probably playing a little bit more? Yeah, but you know, this is early in the season, and you know, you to to play three, you know, basically three freshmen for significant minutes in the you know first you know, let's say five, six, seven games of the season, that's a tall order to ask for anybody, uh, especially from the point guard position. So I, I think that's the reason why, you know, Chris is in there to stabilize everything and just hopefully, you know, get these guys some some minutes and get them used to playing this type of ball. You know? Yeah, that's what it looks like. Um, I, I hope it's not, you know, I, I would like to see – how Kyle Neptune's going to coach because I kind of know the answer. If Jay Wright was still here, that's what he would have done, right? Mm -hmm. He, he would have played given arch heavy minutes. So we were kind of like excited to see how, um, how much the young guys were going to play in the, in the beginning of the season before the big East play starts. And um, they have played minutes, but I wonder if it's only because more and Whitmore are not available if those two guys were available, would Housen, Brizzy, and Armstrong have gotten these many minutes? I I don't know. I I would I would have liked to think they would, but um, you know they're almost forced to play him now, right? Well, which what, is a good thing. Like I mean, let's talk minutes. Uh, so the top three minutes, obviously Dixon, Daniel Slater. Uh, then you have Longino in there as well. Um, Arch is up there with with minutes played, but then you know your next your next two after after uh, Longino is Armstrong and Brizzy. So they are playing. Uh, so you got to kind of like that um, because to me that's a little bit different than probably what we probably would have seen. Uh, if Coach Wright was there, I mean, you know, we kind of know how he he coaches. I know, but I think he would have been forced to play him with the injuries. Well, at this point in time, right? Yeah, he he would have. I you would not see them again after Moore and Whitmore come back. I mean, you'd probably maybe see Armstrong. I don't think you'd see Brizzy and Housen at all. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if you see Trey Patterson. Maybe. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously you know. Patterson's kind of in that area where Whitmore is going to be right. once he gets healthy. Uh, so we'll have to see. But uh, talking about through the first four games, only 28 three-pointers made so far through four games. Yeah. Um, they missed they miss more. They missed Colin. I mean, yeah. I, I would – I mean, 
I mean, you've been, you were at the blue and white game. You know, Housen can shoot. That's his thing. Right. I, I like Longino. I think, I think he's a hell of a shooter. I would love to see him get some more looks. Um, you know, can <laughs> Eric, Eric Dixon can, like he's willing to take a three, but is that what you really want? Right. You know, Slater, the same thing. Slater, it looks so awkward when he shoots it, but sometimes it goes in, you know, you're like, no, 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 no. Oh, yes. You know, yeah. you know, Chris, with 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 the three-point shots, Longino, he kind of reminds me a little bit of a young Justin Moore. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. He's got that combo guard game kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he came up with that big shot uh to to you know kind of keep him in the game in that Michigan game. Yep. I, I actually thought when he made that shot that the momentum was definitely in Villanova's favor. And I thought that's that's I thought that was going to carry us through. Now it's funny. You could play, you know, uh you can second second you know question everybody and every play and everything like that. That last play, the best the, the worst part about that is the guard ran up the wrong side of the court. I don't know if you noticed that, but instead of running up the sideline where the benches are, they ran up the right side and they couldn't see Neptune trying to call a timeout. Uh, but by the time they got the timeout, there was only like seven seconds left. And yeah. then we obviously, I texted you right away, right after that game, right. Uh, running that high ball screen like they did it, it eats up a lot of time to do that, and then you saw what happened with that shot. So uh, that was very, very interesting. And just that one little thing of the movement of where the guard would have came up completely changed the game. Especially and also, didn't Izzo, Izzo call the timeout after they came out, right, to set his defense up? Yeah. I yeah. thought they defended it pretty well, too, even with the mistake. Um, but I mean, why go for a three there? Why, well, why know, not just get two and tie it? Right. And I don't think you had to get three. I just think that by the time the play developed and by the time Dixon got out there, I think that's all that will happen. I don't think, well, he wasn't the primary. He wasn't the primary. Yeah. It was Daniels. Right. Daniels yeah. or even Longino as they were coming around. Right. Out, out that way. So I, I definitely think. The, the shot by um, Dixon was not how things were supposed to go. Obviously. No, no, no. That, yeah, that, that was just desperation at that point. But, at that um, point. Right. And, you know, and, yeah. you know, Daniels and Dixon have been carrying the team so far through the first four games. Um, you know, we got to give them, got to give them credit for that. Daniels was terrible in the first half against Michigan state. I thought he was he way was. off. He was he forcing was. a lot of shots. It's like I think he he feels like he almost has to score, mm -hmm. um, but uh, again, running down the shot clock to two three seconds, and then he gets like an off balance fadeaway jumper or it drives. To, he missed. He drives to the rim. Two guys defend him. He, he has to throw up an awkward layup, and it bounces off the backboard. Just a lot of like sloppy play um, by him. I thought in the first half. Uh, I don't know if he's feeling the pressure or whatnot, but um, and that'll I, go away once, obviously. Yeah, even just having Whitmore back, I think changes the dynamic of things, uh, and and will help out just uh, on the offensive side because 
I don't think that's Daniel's game, really, that backing down, that, that type of thing. I mean, he, he needs to he needs to be moving around, and he needs help getting his shots. And him just going one-on-one ISO is not really, um, you know, I think the way you really want him playing. No, and especially against Temple, he was being guarded by, like, longer, rangier guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's he, what's he six five at the most? Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, like you said, I don't know if that's his uh, if that's his game, but it should hopefully we'll see that change in the future. Now, when will it change? Is a big big question. I was I was trying to go online today to to to, to see if I could get any information on when possibly. Uh, Cam Whitmore will be playing. Uh, I know he apparently is working out pretty uh, heavily to maybe get back into, you know, real basketball shape. Um, So, I mean, that's probably a good thing. I heard a rumor that there's a possibility of him maybe doing something uh, this, you know, on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Uh, that would that would be pretty interesting to have him come back for that. Um, so, what do you think? Uh, we're playing Iowa State Thanksgiving Day. Iowa State three and zero. We're two and two in Portland, Oregon. I mean, we literally are flying across the country. Yep. Um, what, what do you think? What do you think happens in this game? And and uh, Where'd your what's your thought? I I really don't know much about Iowa State. I know the Big Twelve was really good last year. I mean, real good. Probably the best league in the country last year. Either either them or the SEC was also outstanding last year too. But um, I mean, I don't think they're one of the contenders. I don't think they're Kansas or Baylor or uh, a team in that uh, echel- upper echelon. But I think they're probably decent. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think we're going to see Whitmore uh, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to see him December again in that Oklahoma game. It's like a national, nationally televised game. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a Saturday or a Sunday. I, it might even be at Wells Fargo. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we're going to see him then. You think that's when he that's that's when he comes out? Now, that's getting off yeah. close. You know that's getting awfully close to um, to more coming back as well. I mean, they were calling more to come oh. back sometime mid December. Okay. Um, you know, possibly. Uh, so that Oklahoma game is uh, December third. Yeah, I, I think it's a Saturday or a Sunday. I, I think it's Saturday. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought we weren't going to see more until the Big East play starts. Hmm. Um. And I know I know it does technically start in December. They, it starts on December 21st against St. John's, but I thought maybe in January you'd see uh, more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how cautious they're going to be with him, but um, I guess it all depends on how well his um, his rehab and everything's going. But you know, we'll see. Um, they can hold the fort until then. I think they got a game against Penn, St. Joe's, uh, a not so great Boston College team. This isn't a good, a great Oklahoma team, for the, from what I understand. 
Mm-hmm. Um, St. John's is not one of the better teams in the Big East. Uh, and then December 28th, you got UConn. So that's really your first uh, big conference game. So, so you think holding Whitmore as long as you can is better for – No, no, no. I'm saying you'll see Whitmore first. Right, because right, of right. the nature of it, I think you'll see him probably in December and at the, you know at some point more. I think you'll probably see later. Mm-hmm. That's that's just a guess. Yeah, I wouldn't rush. I obviously wouldn't rush more back. I mean, yeah. really, you know, this team, from what I gathered and what I saw against Michigan State, they're they're a good team. They're going to be. Even with you know, right now they they are a good middle of the pack type team. Uh, they play hard. They're smart. They're free throws. They don't miss. Uh, that's that's big. You know, obviously down the stretch and how they play. So they're always going to be in games. And I think once the infusion of Whitmore and Moore really starts to take place, which you know, like you said, maybe January, uh, you get that. January run in, you get February underneath your belt and it gets you moving for, for March. Um, you know, depending upon how things go and standing wise, you know, the big East really isn't going to be as dominant as it has been in the past. I mean, you definitely have Creighton being probably obviously the team to beat, mm-hmm. but other than that is all kind of just, everybody's kind of just right there. So anything can happen. And if you kind of just weather the storm a little bit, who knows? You know, you go on that run. And from from what I've been told, I mean, I, another this, the other follow-up question I had for, for Dada when I saw him was, uh, you know, what's going on with, with Cam Whitmore? And actually, actually, my son was talking to him about him. And uh, he, he just stopped and he said, listen, he goes, Cam Whitmore is a freak of nature. That's what he said. He says his athletic ability is off the charts. And he is definitely a game changer. So uh, I'm I'm very anxious to see him out on the court and see what he can do because um, he could be that guy that is that missing piece of, of scoring. Because that's what – to me, those couple of games, especially the, the first couple of games of the season, you know, when you look back, when you look back at this team, let's say over the last three or four years or even five years, you have you had like guys like, you know, you had Colin who, when you needed a basket, seemed to be able to do something with the ball to get a good shot or make a three. Even before that, you had like Phil Booth who was able to maybe take that shot and kind of, you know, get you over that, that hump or when you needed that yeah. shot. You, you had Sadiq, you had Sadiq Bay. You yeah, had, you, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, you, you had Jalen Brunson. You had, uh, you had um, Eric Pascal. I mean, you had players yeah. that could make the shots and kind of like kill runs and keep things close. And, I'm thinking of the big guy that left after his second year, his sophomore uh, year. Uh, Earl Robinson, Earl J R E, yeah, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, yeah. yeah. Even him, he was a go-to guy. 
Right, but you had you yeah. always seem to have that guy. The first four games of this season, I just don't feel like you have that right now. No, that's what they lack. They lack explosive scoring. Right, and I think er- everything else, I think they're fine. They're going to struggle against teams that are bigger with length. Mm-hmm. Creighton, uh, you know, you saw that in the tournament a little bit. Um, you know, remember when they played Houston, everyone was picking Houston, but Nova kind of matched up good with Houston because they play like an ugly style of ball. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what Villanova does. You know, right. you know what I mean? When they played Kansas who had length and athleticism, that's the type of team that Nova's going to struggle against. All right. Right. You know? So, um, yeah, I think once they get the, the, the scoring, the, the, guys that can really fill it up. I think this is the type of team that you'll see get better as the season goes along. I think I think I said that. I was I was optimistic after the Michigan State game. I'm not going to a loss is a loss, but it's early. It's really early. Like you haven't even played a conference game yet early. Right. You know, you might have a losing record in December because you know, but who cares? Until the Big East play stars I think if they're like if Nova's a team come March that is kind of like for seeding or God forbid if they're on the bubble, they're going to look at those games and be you know Michigan State and Oklahoma and Boston College. You know they're going to look at those games and say you know if they had any quality wins or even though the strength of schedule is going to will benefit them. It maybe even Temple if Temple makes a tournament, mm-hmm. you know which they. Very well might, you know. So I think it'll, in the long run, I think I think this will kind of like be a benefit in a way. Right, right. All right. So Iowa State, it's a win, correct? We both think we both – I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I can't call it a win. Just because of the environment, Thanksgiving Day, uh, West Coast, Friday Fly afternoon. I, I, listen. I, I, have, I have no no idea. This is a game. This is the type of game that the experience is. This is a, an experience that these guys are going to carry forward into March. That's the reason why they're doing this. I mean, remember when they played Arizona State? And, yes. And the, they were better than Arizona State, and and they ended up losing that game. Right. Right. But yeah. I think this is the experience that they need now. Get these younger players used to traveling, moving around, playing in different environments. Uh, I think this is the way to go to get them better and where they want to be for March. And playing all these guys, giving them some minutes is the way to go. Whether you win or lose, I don't know if it matters. Obviously, I'm rooting hard for for the for the for the Wildcats to win. I think it's going to be a win, uh, just based upon their overall attitude. I, I think they have the talent to win, so that's how I'm going with it. Okay. And then they come home, and then on the third they got that Oklahoma game, and then maybe um, you know maybe Whitmore's back by then, and and we see, and we're off to the races, and uh, we'll see how he goes uh, with. The, the talent that he'll bring to the team. I think that's the best. I think that's the best case scenario right there. A win on, on Thursday and then a good game on the third against Oklahoma. They get two wins out of this 
and are four and two, I think that's the best case scenario. Oh yeah, it'd be great. You take yeah. that any day. Even a three and three split, I think would be fine. I mean, we don't know who they're going to play after Iowa State, right? No. Yeah. No. So who knows? You, I mean, you could you could run into North Carolina. Yeah. I mean, it, it's probably looking like it's going to be North Carolina. I mean, okay. That's... Yeah. So you know, you got to take that for what it's worth. Right. Uh, that's going to be very difficult. Right. So, yeah. although Michigan State beat Kentucky before they played uh, Villanova, so yeah, you just you just never know in these are these early season games. Teams are trying to work work things out, try to build chemistry. It's just you know, you just don't you just don't know. You don't know, but you hope for the best, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to hope for the best. Um, you know, this is a great week. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. I love Thanksgiving. Uh, I love just hanging out, watching games, eating that turkey, chilling out on the couch with everybody. So um, I'm hoping everybody watching this, they everybody has a great, great, great Thanksgiving. Please take the time to watch the Let's Talk Sports Network. Go on the YouTube channel. There are tons and tons of shows on this uh, on YouTube. It's amazing. On the weekends for, for, for um, the NFL, we have it completely covered. We got pregame shows. We got postgame wrap-up shows. We have it all. We have it covered. The man, Dan Harris, uh, he is feeling better. Uh, hopefully he comes back soon uh, to the network because we, we truly do miss him and uh, interacting with him live. But, uh, he is getting better, and um, we're just all thankful for this network and for the opportunity to be on this network in front of as many people that does view these shows. So uh, thank you to the Let's Talk Sports uh, Nation. Thank you to the Nova Nation. And, Chris, thank you for once again being here with me. It's always a pleasure. I love talking basketball with you. We've been doing this We've been talking basketball to one another since probably like middle school at some point. Uh, so um, I, I loved it back then. I love it now. So I truly appreciate everything and uh, be on the lookout. Uh, we do have other shows. We're going to try to get a college football show in this week, right? Cause we have a big, big game on the college football side with yeah. uh, Oklahoma, um, Oklahoma, Ohio state versus Michigan. So we're going to try to get um, together for that give some picks and um, so be on the lookout for that. Also, like I said, big, big, big guest next, next week, we have an actual former player, uh, Mackenzie Gardler, who uh, is uh, going to join us and talk about the women's side of things, give her insights, talk a little bit about coached, um, uh, you know, playing for the coaches there at Villanova. So we're very excited for that, but Chris, once again, thank you so much for uh for being here and uh, i wish you the best thanksgiving and uh I, I hope you have a great one man thank you rob yeah happy thanksgiving everybody all right man everybody we'll see you next week thank you once again go nova and uh let's let's pick up a win on thanksgiving <laughs>